All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. It's funny because I tried to prank call someone today, not actually, like, I was calling them for a work reason, oh. but I started <laughs> by being like, hi, is this John? John, I was just wondering if you could build me a house. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, it's uh, it's Matt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I know. Right. And I said, oh, right. I have a super ID. distinguishable voice. You no. Do. Okay. No, not because of call ID, just because that was the first time I'd ever called him. You do have a recognizable voice. Yeah. It kind of sucks. I was going to say, isn't that a good thing? Mm, Why does it suck? I don't know. Because I, you can't prank call people? I guess, it, yeah. That's that's your one handicap. I guess so, yeah. You're right. If I'm ever like like yelling something illegal, people would be like, that sounded like Slaney. That was for sure Slaney yeah. who shouted that racial slur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I... I um... <laughs> oh, wait. Look back up. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. No, no. It couldn't have been him. I know that guy so well. I decided I wanted to take the SAT. Okay. Which is not a thing we have in Canada. No. But you hear it on television all the time. Yeah. And I've always been curious about it. And I figured I could probably find some sample of it online. And I was right. And I didn't do great. No. <laughs> no, I got a 960 on the SAT out of a possible 1,600 points, which is like 60%. Ooh. Yeah, but I mean, you're not versed in that kind of no like if you gave yourself a a few months this is how i justified it to myself i haven't studied for 12 years no i would have no idea how to do any of the math involved like it's which is 65 of the questions by the way of the 115 questions and that was a huge part of my time spent just like trying to remember what an integer is how much time did you spend doing this it took several hours (laughs) i can't believe you spent several (laughs) hours doing the sat well, I was just really curious. Yeah. I, I wanted to know if I have like a natural aptitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to confirm that I don't believe in um, these standardized sy- standardized testing. systemic testing. And I don't. I didn't then. I definitely don't now. Okay. I had this reputation as being somebody who is like likely to get a good grade on the test, which is really just based on your behavior. Like if you aren't disruptive in class, you're called smart. Right. Um, and I'm not dumb, but I, I got just okay grades and I usually had to study for them. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, anytime I would get a mediocre or poor mark, it would be like interesting to people. Oh my God, you got a bad mark? And I'm like, yeah, this is my fourth bad mark in a row. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm an idiot over <laughs> here, guys. <laughs> anyway, it turns out I still get bad marks. Wow, 60%. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I don't even want to take it. I don't want to know that I only scored a 50 or something. Oh, but doesn't a part of you want to know if you do at least one point better than me? Yeah, definitely. But yeah. <laughs> the biggest part doesn't want to spend three hours doing it. Sure, sure. Well, I was just kind of like lying around. <laughs> lying on my <laughs> sore stomach because I'm older now and I get <laughs> sore stomachs. And I was like, well, I got this laptop in front of me. Let's do the SATs. Yeah. I also have justified that I suspect SAT prep tests are harder than the actual SAT. Right. So I'm like, well, I probably can tack another five points on there, 10 points. You probably can. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm sure you get. <laughs> anyway that's what i got going on these days that's what i did on our week off on the podcast. An SAT. <laughs> and i'm no more qualified to do the thing that i do already than i was before hey they're gonna revive dexter dexter's coming back yeah so that I, honestly had the worst ending in the world famously like hey everyone hates dexter he moves up north 
and works uh he's a lumberjack he's now. like a, a logger yeah. yeah do you have a relationship with dexter i did watch a lot of dexter but not all of it and then i think i tried to watch the last season and couldn't believe how bad it was right okay so the whole ba- the whole last season is bad it's not just the finale no the whole last season's really bad okay um i would say like the first three to four seasons are good and then i think they ended up going six seasons hmm. and yeah the last you weren't super necessary like i know that for a time it was a critically acclaimed tv show kind of just before prestige cable tv like became the essential thing in entertainment like before breaking bad was dexter right Mm -hmm. but it still did very well in its heyday except it is based on these novels right these dexter novels which are like super pulpy rags they're like trade paperback like well i don't have a relationship or know that much about the actual books but i'd be interested to read one me me neither but like how can we expect like super high quality i mean i don't mean to criticize like you know paperbacks that's not fair um but they just don't strike me they don't have the aesthetic of something that's supposed to be of some like high art and so maybe people were expecting the wrong thing with the way they concluded that show i don't know if anyone watching dexter was like expecting right anything they were just trying to be entertained there's a whole season with john lithgow that's like very strong he's scary eh? i heard that he's awesome in it yeah yeah and there's like some twists and some unexpected uh deaths so dexter's not coming back like indefinitely like in a will and grace way it's being revived at showtime for just a 10 episode limited run okay with michael c hall he's signed on and so as somebody who only knows about dexter that it was very disappointing in the end mm-hmm. to its fans. Isn't it likely this is a fix? This has come back and save the reputation and maybe amend some things that were upsetting for people? It could be. It could be Michael C. Hall also trying to get back on the horse. He hasn't done anything since then, I don't think. We did a podcast about a British show that oh, he started right. called Safe. Yes. Which is about a kid goes missing in like You're a right. gated neighborhood. My parents watched it and liked it. Yeah. And Becky might've watched it too. And I think she liked it. Okay. I like Michael C. Hall. Mm-hmm. I root for Michael C. Hall. Yeah. But I also don't have any particular feelings about anything he's done. De- so why do you like and root for Michael C. Hall? I don't know. He had cancer and that sounds oh, right. tough. Okay, sure. You know. Is he Canadian too? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Alexa, is Michael C. Hall from Canada? She doesn't know. Hey, robot. No. Canada is not the birthplace of Michael C. Hall. <laughs> Interesting way of phrasing it. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> Canada's not the birthplace. I didn't ask what the birthplace was. <laughs> I guess I kind of did. Anyway, so that's exciting for some people, probably. I may have prematurely texted you this Spider-Man thing. Okay. It's not confirmed. It is heavily rumored. But it's it seems to be a legitimate rumor. Mm-hmm. In the time since our last podcast, and we did talk about this like on the pod, right? The the my Doctor Strange theory. Oh, I don't know if you got too heavy into the theory. I think the idea was just that there was a possibility that like after the success of Into the Spider Verse, that multiple Spider Mans could be a, a possibility for the next Spider Man movie. Right, and and to be clear, it's not even my theory. It's like. It was just apparent that they could maybe do something fun via Doctor Strange. And then almost immediately after our last pod, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was confirmed. And he is confirmed Mm -hmm. to be in the third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Um, And then there's this heavily going around rumor, which is like it's being billed as confirmed, but nobody that you trust has confirmed it yet. Right. That indeed, 
Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire have signed on to appear in this movie as well as their own Peter Parkers. And that sounds crazy. It, it does. It doesn't sound like something Tobey Maguire would do. No, because Tobey Maguire wouldn't do anything. Right. Yes. That's, yeah, exactly. But it's very, like, artful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. Isn't he more obsessed with, like, winning money in poker? Isn't that kind of what we now know Tobey Maguire as? I think that we just have um, mythologized the Molly's game of it all, which okay. for sure was fascinating. Mm -hmm. But, like, he was a movie star then. I don't think that he gave up being a movie star to be a celebrity poker player. In fact, I think probably he can't be as high roller of a celebrity poker player anymore, given his reputation. Yeah, that could be true. I think he still plays in like charity. Was wasn't there a a podcast where Charlize Theron was saying like she went like toe to toe with with Tobey Maguire and he's like you owe me fifty grand or something. Did you watch that like, movie? Did you yeah. watch where Michael Sarah is allegedly playing? No, no, I know, I know. It wasn't in the movie, but yes. He Have is, you seen that movie? He's like a yeah. If that guy's real, that guy's a psychopath. Yeah. On the on the felt table. On the felt table. <laughs> In the beautiful game. That's right. So what do you think about this? Is this good? I do, think it's cool. Do you want this? Yeah, why not? It's just so different. Yeah. I didn't want um, Into the Spider-Verse and look where that got us. Right. Oh, yeah, we did have this conversation I think already. I think that's where we were kind of. All right. Well, let's let's try and like spread some of these topics out because we only have one show to cover today and I want to hit an hour. That's true. Okay. <laughs> I've got something. Okay. What you got? Uh, let me find it. All right. How about I bring this to you while you while you sure. search around? Bring me some. I don't know if we talked about the movie delays that have been announced since our last podcast as well. I mean, many of them have been delayed multiple times at this point, but No Time to Die kind of got a really effective crash course in when not to open right. from Tenet, which ultimately is a failure. Uh, made some money, but like ultimately did not get, it did not like revive movie theater going. No. Um, and so... No time to die. The James Bond people are like, well, we're not putting our movie out in November. I don't care how many times we've we've moved it already. And so now it's supposed to come out in April, knock on wood. Right. But this has just been the most cursed movie. Other movies moved off of 2020. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. I think I mentioned West Side Story a while back. Dune is not coming out this year anymore. And that was supposed to be right. like a big deal. Yeah. The trailer um, looked crazy. I'm not interested, though. Nah. I don't care. Very, very villain wave. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the it looked a lot like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, but interesting. I never saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, it's kind of dark. Same idea, right? Not same idea of the movie, but and Matt Reeves the Batman is now pushed to twenty twenty two. Whoa! Because they got to get through all that COVID. Yeah, Batman got uh, he got the virus. We haven't done a, a podcast since Trump got COVID. That really no. puts it in perspective. Man, time yeah. moves fast. It sure does. People aren't even talking all the time about how Trump had COVID. It's he might still like, have COVID. He could still have COVID. I don't know. They canceled the last debate. Well, yeah, but now they're both doing town halls separately. Okay. And CNN is airing them at the same, or NBC is airing them at the same time, which is not useful. They're just trying to create like, I don't know, some like WrestleMania kind of competitiveness rather than giving the audience the full scope. Right. They just want to see the ratings on each. Yep. Yep. Because it's all a game. Yeah. It's all a fucking game. Well, did you hear about his tweets last night? What a vague sentence. That's, I guess. that's a sentence you could say in literally every episode of this podcast <laughs> for four years. You're so right. Uh, last night, he apparently was saying, um, like, women in America, please 
vote for me like me like it was like a crazy like Trump? plea yeah oh god um where he was like why don't you like me i've saved your neighborhoods yeah. I kept the danger. He so loves like, to talk about the suburbs. Yeah. 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 I kept the danger out of the suburbs. And people were just going like, whoa, this is like overtly racist now. What a nutcase. What a roid ragey nutcase. Yeah. I was thinking since we did and we have this ongoing Never Trust Will Smith theme on the podcast. And we, in fact, did the Fresh Prince as the show of focus on the night of his election, just coincidentally. And if that's not enough reason never to trust Will Smith, I don't know what is. Right. And then we again did Fresh Prince on the podcast. Last Christmas, you'll remember, we did three Fresh Prince Christmas episodes. <laughs> and that was also the night Trump got impeached. Right. I was thinking this year on election night, we should watch and, rec- and cover the Fresh Prince series finale for the podcast. As like a fitting, a symbolic. Let's put this behind us. We can do that. Let's do that. We've never done a series finale on the show before. We haven't. That's not what the show show is about. But it should be. It needs to be about shutting the door on Trump's America. That's right. That's really why we set this up (laughs) (laughs) to open and close the Trump era. Look, some pod has to save America. If it's not going to be that one, (laughs) yeah, might as well be the show show with sweets and slating. Okay, uh, what do you have? Anything Anything so of note? I remember what I was going to say. I was just going to kind of catch you up on some of the watching that I've been doing. Oh, okay. Okay, so Ted Lasso. Yeah. Finished it. Okay. Amazing. Good. I, I want to watch it. So good. Yeah. Like, everyone is talking about just how, like, heartfelt and, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, it's not sleazy in any way. It is just solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it just seems like a sunny, warm show. I love Sudeikis. I like that first episode so much. That phone call. You, I definitely want to watch it. You start to like every character in the show. Great. Um, what else? Uh, Utopia finished. Was okay. solid. Yeah. Interesting. Different. Like weird time to put it out because it's just so like on the nose of so what's happening. Prescient. Yeah. Um, started watching Haunting of Bly House. Bly Manor. Bly Manor. You did, eh? Yeah. Well, we finished Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Um, Haunting of Bly Manor, not as hard hitting yet. Okay. Um, not as like terrifying, just kind of like random weird. Here's what I heard about Haunting of Hill House. Sure. As somebody who, who really can't handle the ghosts of it all. Becky goes to bed and then I got like an hour and a half before I come to bed. I can't be in that dark basement all by myself. Sure. Um, I understand that that season is pretty friggin' scary. It's pretty freaky. And then a twist of some kind happens and suddenly it's not scary at all anymore. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, it 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 kind of lifts the veil on what the the scariness actually is and you start to realize okay, that's Right. You know, and and I think that's what's going to happen here, but it's not even really starting that scary. Okay. I've watched a few seasons. I heard few good things. So. I thought I heard it was pretty good. I heard it was really scary though, too. Yeah, it's not bad. It's kind of they're doing a bit of a American horror story kind of thing where most of the cast from the first one is back in different roles. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm at least a little bit interested. What do you think of this actress, Victoria Pedretti? So she's the youngish one. She's like our age. She has dark hair. I think she's the main character of the new show. Victoria Pedretti. I don't know what her her character's name is, but that's the actress. She was she was in the second season of You. Uh okay. and I she did a bunch of press. I remember her saying that she went to like Juilliard. She's an amazing actor. Okay. Yeah. Is she biracial? No. Then I truly have no idea who she is. Okay. Maybe she's yet to turn. Oh, up. oh, wait. No, I think I do know who you're talking about. Okay. Um, if it is who I think you're talking about, she plays the gardener in the show. Okay. Um, 
yeah, she's interesting. It's the first time I've actually seen her hmm. in anything, but good actor. I watched um, Hubie Halloween. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. Good. It, Let's talk it out then. All right. I, I was hoping to actually talk about Hubie Halloween and I totally forgot about it. Um, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just a, we a had an awesome time. Stupid <laughs> fun time watching this movie. Yeah. So many callbacks to previous Adam Sandler movies that I mean, are like right from the beginning. You got Hal the orderly working totally. at the, at the facility. You immediately, uh, it shows him riding on his bike while kids are trying to egg him. And he's doing all of these like weird tricks to like get away from him. Everyone hates him, which I find hilarious because <laughs> he's so mean. like completely unaware to, he's never hurt by it. And when the kids throw the eggs and he catches them <laughs> in his thermos and drinks it and immediately power pukes, I was sold. I loved the thermos. The whole running gag about the thermos Isn't, being everything he'd need was hilarious. What a strange, strange idea. Like, so our friend Brent uh, messaged and said, I just watched UB Halloween and the me and Colin were like, okay, what is this? It's the new Adam Sandler movie okay interesting is it like a kid's movie not really not really not entirely sure how to place it was his response (laughs) no there was like swearing and stuff that like would not be appropriate at all oh all the grandma t-shirts like they're they're, (laughs) yeah yeah, innuendo i guess but they're not appropriate for kids right no it's just strange yeah um yeah the whole movie is just it was the strangeness of it all made it so much funnier to me absolutely it was just another example of like Sandler getting his friends together. Yeah. They're going to hang out in Salem, Massachusetts or whatever, like lovely New England town they decided to shoot this. Right. And get the band back together. Uh, oh my God. I don't even know where to start with it. But someone was like, is it like Grown Ups? And I'm like, no, I don't nope. think so at all. I think Grown Ups has a sweetness to it, like a tenderness to it. Right. And like way more of like a family vibe. This is just like funny for the sake of being funny. Like they were just. I think it's Tim Hurley who wrote it. And I think he okay. also wrote like um, uh, like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison with Adam Sandler. Very possible. I, I kind of think that it like plays to the generation that would like Hocus Pocus still. So like if you're our age and maybe you really liked um, Halloween Town on the Family Channel when you were growing up. Right. And now you like, I don't know, PG-13 movies or you like happen to also have liked Billy Madison. Yeah. It's kind of the merging of those two genres. Right. Um. Yeah, let me let me go back to to Ben Stiller's uh, evil nurse ratchet character. Sure. Um, this had me considering that this movie Hubie Halloween exists in the same cinematic universe as Happy Gilmore because this character is in both movies. Right. And so then it occurs to me that Hubie coexists with Happy, and their respective loves are both Julie Bowen. Yes, I did put that together. And she plays a character with two V names in both movies. In Happy Gilmore, she's um, Virginia Venet. Oh. And in this movie, she was, goodness, Victoria Valentine or something. And and you know what's funny, actually? The, uh, the love interest in Billy Madison is Veronica Vaughn. That's right. Okay, so that's a running thing with yeah with Adam Sandler then. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's that. There was also William Lambert. I was trying to figure out if he was... So that's Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. who was also uh, in Billy Madison as the 
the guy who ends up saving Billy Madison from the the villain played by West Wing dude. Oh, okay. Remember, he just walks in and he's got a gun and he yeah. Because yeah, it's been a long time since I was more of a Happy Gilmore guy. Billy Madison's calling around to apologize to former classmates who he's bullied because he's currently being bullied. So he's like, "Hey, uh, I just wanted to call and say, and I'm not positive. I didn't do a deep enough dive to find out if it was William Lambert, but he says, like, you know, I." Uh, I just want to let you know I'm sorry about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then he turns to a list on the wall, and it's like people I want to kill, and he just crosses off. <laughs> that's all Billy it takes Madison's is just name. apologize yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the and same he puts guy. lipstick on. That's the same character that Steve Buscemi's playing. I'm not positive. So okay. I, I didn't actually look into I, I did at the beginning of the movie, thinking that it was for sure going to be like a connection, but then mm-hmm. it kind of went off, you know, as it does. In and of course, movie. Rob Schneider, Kevin James, Shaq. Shaq, Shaq yes. makes an appearance. Honestly, it was a good time. It's very stupid, but it's a very good time. So stupid. Yeah. But yeah, I, I found it extremely funny. I also watched Enola Holmes. <laughs> How scared he gets. Oh, I know. Everything. He's That's so also... jumpy. It's such this, it's a weird thing because he apparently loves Halloween, but like he's, he's kind of a narc and he's like, no one likes him. Well, he's he... like a descendant of someone who spoke out against the Salem witch trials. Right. And I think that's supposed to be like, a main part of his origin story it's a good time yes i recommend it and i watched enola holmes um which is okay i mean the, it was the first half was pretty good it's she's incredibly charming in it whole series or movie it's just a movie oh it's a movie okay i thought it was a series it's a movie i think they'll probably do another one yeah um and i think it was made to be like a theatrical movie um although everybody in it like uh, millie bobby brown henry cavill and Helena Bonham Carter, they all have Netflix shows. So it seems like it's kind of in the family. Um, it was okay. It was like, it was, it was pretty, really, she's the only one who has the charisma in it. Okay. And it occasionally gets incredibly violent, which kind of catches you by surprise. Right. Um, I still maintain that Henry Cavill is like missing something that we're supposed <laughs> to look for in movie stars. He right. doesn't have the whole package to me. What did you think about, uh, keeping it in the the stranger verse the stranger things verse about will byers being in hubie halloween he's so big now he's so old he's so old and big yeah that's fine yeah yeah will byers it's gonna be so weird like they had to shut down production mid-season right like if any of them had growth spurts they're gonna have to like write this into the show like yeah like it's now 1990 well thankfully it's a supernatural show that can kind of come up with some excuse i don't think it'd be an issue i think they only shut down for like six months i'm pretty sure she was on Fallon last week and he asked her if they were shooting again. She wouldn't commit to saying yes, but it seemed like they're probably back to work on Stranger okay. Things. Good thing. Like the whole season with the food court and everything, that mm. was the most recent season of Stranger I Things. Know. Have you caught up at all on um, Succession? No, because we're watching the friggin' Creek. It's and impossible. You're still, you're still in the Creek. Well, I'll be, in the, I'll be in the Creek for the next year, to be honest, because <laughs> we're still only in the early season three. Okay. Yeah. Are they still in high school? They're still in high school. They're, They're coming back to basics. They're really like distinctly in high school this year. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And then how many seasons are there? There's seven seasons total? Six or seven. Okay. Yeah. I actually kind of like the like university times. I remember like hash pipe being used in one of the university episodes. Well, interesting because I don't know how much of the music that turns up in the show is actually from the original cut of the show. Uh, I've heard... Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer like four or five times in the show. Oh, that's brutal. Um, and every other song is like 
you know, like indie pop alternative, not Michelle Branch, but may as well be. Right. It, like there's one of those in every single episode, but very few of them are actually good. And so I wonder if they've been swapped out. And I only wonder that because we've been watching two and a half seasons of Dawson's Creek and not once have we heard I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole. So what happened is shortly after the series finished in like 2004 or whatever, yeah, the contract ran out. Because what had happened originally was that they didn't pay her to write a song for the show. Right. They just licensed it on a temporary basis. They, in fact, paid Jan Arden to write a song to be the theme song for Dawson's Creek. And Jan Arden wrote a song called Run Like Mad. And then just before the show comes on the air, the network is running promos for it. And the network decides what music they're going to use to promote their shows. And they use this random song by Paula Cole called I Don't Want to Wait. Right. And the creators of the show, Kevin Williamson, he's like, what the hell is that song? I want that to be our theme song. Wow. And it becomes the most iconic thing about Dawson's Creek. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so you, you've been rewatching it on what platform? On Amazon Prime. And not once has that been the theme so song. So after the series finished, their deal ran out. And rather than paying Paula Cole, who could ask for anything she wanted at this point. Right. They were like, well, we don't want to have to pay Paula Cole a billion dollars because her song got super famous from us. Right. We own this Jan Arden song. So in perpetuity, it only runs with Run Like Mad by Jan Arden in place of I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole. And here's where it's interesting. Run Like Mad rules. Oh, it's a good song. It's awesome. It's like one of the only times I've ever like listened intently to the theme song every single time. Really? I turn it up. We sing it together every single time. <laughs> we love Run Like Mad by Jan Arden. Wow. Yeah. Do you, and you're, you're obviously not a Jan Arden fan otherwise. I'm not, not, not a Jan Arden not fan. You're not anti-Jan, but... No, we, I mean, we play a lot of her because of CanCon Radio. Sure. No, I like Jan Arden, but this song is excellent. And it's just like 45 seconds. It's the whole song. But it, and to me, like, I've looked up the I Don't Want to Wait video on YouTube, and it's the same images I know. And of right. course, I recognize the song. But it's very surreal to watch the original theme song video. It feels wrong to me. Well, the and to be fair, I don't want to wait. Doesn't seem like a, a song that really fits with the show. It doesn't. It's some bizarre like it's song. Strange. It's a story song about. I think it's about like having a baby too young or something. It's like it's very. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't exactly fit. And it's kind of too sultry. Like there's a bit of energy to run like mad. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more carefree. Right. Yeah, like it ends with like doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah. But like, like that is one of the most inexorable theme songs in TV history and yet it has been exorabled. <laughs> like yeah. James Vanderbeek says, if he's in a grocery store and hears that song in the music, he has to leave. And I of, bet. And of course, that would be horrifying. If someone saw James Vanderbeek while that song was playing. Yeah, can you imagine like point at the speakers? You're like, like is this happening right now? <laughs> Did you organize this? You'd be like, oh my God, I want to die. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. So that's that's been consuming all my time. No, I haven't had time to watch any more Succession. I want to, but I also don't think Becky's as into it as me. So it's okay. hard for me to make the case. Finish season two of The Boys. Okay. Strong. People love The Boys. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those shows that it's, I honestly probably enjoyed watching Uf uh, Utopia a little bit more. Okay. It kind of reminded me of the boys. I don't know if I said that last week, but they kind of have the same. I think you did aesthetic to me. Yeah, not as many head explosions. Mm. Um, 
Oh, we were talking. We just talked about Adam Sandler. Yeah. And uh, I neglected to mention that Conchata Farrell died. Right. And she was in Mr. Deeds along with Two and a Half Men and L.A. Law, for which apparently she got an Emmy nomination. Whoa. Um, I looked it up. She was worth like twenty million dollars. She she definitely did fine. I was thinking yeah. that today, and I was I just saw her picture, and I was like, how did I not know her name was Conchata? Yeah. Uh, John Cryer tweeted about it and called her chatty. I think that's what people call uh, her. Everyone had lovely things to say about her. She I was bet. 77 and apparently she's been having a pretty tough year. Like she went into the hospital in December and has really not been well since then. Oh God. Yeah. That's too bad. Did Charlie Sheen say anything? I don't know that Charlie Sheen has said anything, no. but Sandler tweeted something nice and Cryer tweeted something nice. I truly am curious to know if, if uh, Charlie Sheen would just have like nice things to say about someone like that. I bet he would. Yeah. I think Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen obviously has a likability and charisma to him. Like not unlike Trump, right? He's got tiger blood. He's, that's right. He's not dangerous in a, like a big, like earth shattering kind of way as Trump is. Mm-hmm. But like when Charlie Sheen had his big tiger blood meltdown, that was fun to watch. And it's kind of like if he had become president, it would be the same situation. No, I think people must like Charlie Sheen. Yeah. If you're not Chuck Lorre, you probably are like, yeah, you know, Charlie Sheen's crazy, but like, it's pretty nice. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Did you see SNL? I did. Now, I saw it after Thanksgiving. Mm. So, uh, you're you're not impressed? Oh, I'm not not impressed. I just think the first two episodes of the season have been real duds, and they were hosted by two of the funniest men in the world, and I don't understand what they're getting wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You, you weren't a fan of uh, Bill Birdle? I thought it was okay. I thought like him playing angry Bostonian a couple times was to be expected and he did it pretty well. I thought the monologue was not that good. It's not because I was offended by it. I just no. didn't think it was spectacular comedy. I thought that the cold open was funny, but it was two sketches. They mm-hmm. did like the, the Kamala stuff with Maya and then they turned it into this like kind of weird out there jim carrey is the fly right kind of sketch it was way too long yeah um i'm trying to think of some other things that i i thought were okay well the first one where um bill burr wins the bet and he's trying to like all right now it's all about the chicago bears yeah, it was and okay. they're trying to turn it into like a racism thing yeah i like that I thought that was funny i like the digital short where he like will drink uh pumpkin sam adams but he doesn't like it i thought that was pretty funny right yeah, now we're getting a little deep. I gotta watch it again, honestly. Yeah, I um, know. I don't. I don't remember a lot of specifics about it. The I feel story like it was pretty well liked, though. The story was uh, this Morgan Whalen guy, Morgan Wallen. Yeah, do you know him? Right. So he was supposed to be the musical guest. He, I have no idea a, who he is. He's like a country star, and he was like photographed partying and making out with a bunch of people and breaking COVID protocol. And so they said, you're not coming on SNL. And they got Jack White, which is, I think, a trade up. Totally. Jack White was pretty cool. And he was great. Yeah, he was really good. Um, but like, what a dumbass. Like, you're, totally. you, I don't know. Maybe you're really famous in your circles. Maybe I just don't know anymore. But like, you don't want to like get canceled from your SNL appearance. That sucks. Nah. Yeah. You don't want to Adrian Brody it up. <laughs> not be invited back when was the last time somebody got blacklisted from snl i, I don't i don't know if it's happened like since adrian brody what was the legend with adrian brody he he wouldn't stop changing the lines or something no he um apparently the thing when he was introducing sean paul he dressed in like like a reggae oh my god out, outfit and was like 
respect me, respect my neck, respect my back. <laughs> so he said both both of those things. It's not good. You can't do and that. And he was like, it's a Shana Paul. Get ready for Shana Paul. <laughs> yeah. I do remember hearing that he would like go off cue card. And that's right. like a huge no-no. They don't like that at all. Well, of course not. And And the cast especially doesn't like it. Because what can you do? Right. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was okay. Oh, um, Glow got canceled. That's the thing we haven't discussed. Glow canceled, yes. Which I'm supremely disappointed about. I thought that was a really fabulous show. Mark Marin thinks it has earned uh, a movie. Well, sort of. He just kind of musingly said on Instagram Live that they should. Because one of the things that's crazy about it is they already paid everybody. Mm-hmm. Is Mark Maron on Instagram? Is he like making Insta stories? Every no, not even stories. He goes Instagram live almost every morning now. Oh my god! Is it entertaining? Do you ever turn? It is entertaining if you if you have already connected with Mark Maron and you feel like you know him. It's like hanging out with him. I think he's just lonely. He likes to talk to people. Um, Poor guy started the year with three cats and a girlfriend, and now it's just him and Buster, who's his least favorite cat. So is Boomer dead? Boomer's been dead for years. Oh, has he? Okay. Well, you know, Boomer lives. He started saying that because when he Boomer, died, when Boomer disappeared, oh. and so that was the legend. He's like, Boomer's still out there. Boomer lives. Oh, okay. But yeah, his cat Lafonda died at the maybe that was last year. <laughs> He's lost many cats in the last few years. Poor guy. Um, oh, anyway, God. he did kind of just casually say that because they already paid everybody and because they've already written all the scripts and they actually had two episodes in the can. Right. Like, what the hell? Like, why don't we just do this? Yeah. I guess because it's a very touchy show. You're mm-hmm. wrestling. And so maybe that makes it dangerous for COVID uh, because I guess Netflix got a hold of them and they're like, you know, thank you. I'm sorry. But like, we're just right. not going to be able to make it happen. Right. Um, that is too bad. And not just for Mark Maron. I really came to love Betty Gilpin on Glow. Okay. She she's like the blonde one who's kind of like the uh the I don't want to say antagonist. In fact, she's more heroic than Allison Brie, but they're kind of averse for the first couple seasons yeah, of the yeah. show. And Betty Gilpin rules. She's amazing. Nice. Well, hopefully Gilpin lands on her feet. I think she will. It's just kind of a shame cuz actually the last season of Glow was kind of conclusive. They kind of like go their separate ways. Question for you about Mark Marin. Yep. What do you think he's like um because for a while, he was kind of, like, in line for, like, I don't know if he was going to be, like, the next Stern kind of thing. Maybe they're totally different because you're a fan of both. Yeah. Um, they are they are pretty different. Yeah. So so, so they are. But just in, in the sense of, like, two huge interviewers that are, you know, I guess he's, you know, he doesn't really lean into any sort of schlocky kind of vibe. No. But just was super famous at one point. How do you feel about him kind of like losing a little bit of resonance? And I think like, like you're talking uh, about Stern. No, sorry. I'm, I'm actually talking about Mark Maron. Do you think he's lost some resonance? I think he's more famous than he ever was. Really? Yeah. No, I think it's like over the last two years gone down and this could just be subjective. And, and by me, there's no stats behind this, but I just haven't really seen him at like the top of the charts quite as much. Not as much as like a, a Joe Rogan. Well, that's a couple of things. Rogan has an army, which is creepy. That's true. Um, and Mark still pioneered whatever is being eaten off of his plate. This is what I meant the other week when I said that I kind of, though I think Dax can be good, mm-hmm. I resent anybody who eats Mark's lunch because all these celebrities came in and just started doing his show. Right. All these other people just like started coming in and like asking other people, so who are your guys? And it just, it, he did pioneer a medium and now it's quite crowded. And 
you know, Conan O'Brien comes in with all of his money and his Turner Broadcasting Network and mm. and his fan base and uh, apparently, according to Rolling Stone, invents podcasting and a guy who's been in the the trenches of it, building it uh, for 12 years is bound to fall by the wayside because he was always a niche product. Right. But he's also a TV star now and he was in Joker and he's True. in the new Aretha Franklin movie, which is coming out. He's in the the David Bowie movie, which is coming out. He made oh, a couple wow. of Lynn Shelton movies. Who's playing David Bowie in the movie? Uh, Johnny something. He's not a big name. Okay. I forget who. All right. Yeah. Legit. No, I was just curious. I uh, I wasn't sure what you might have to say about that. And I know you've got a soft spot for Mark. I do. And I can see why he's he's comparable to Howard Stern and that they're both like like older like hour-long interview guy like they're they're pop cultural long-form interviews they're probably the two best to mm-hmm. do it but their interview are styles like are rocky like they'd be on rock radio sure but their interview styles are dramatically totally different, different. like totally right. like stylistically their personas are very different and they're both pretty stubborn mm-hmm. right like there's no way Marin's gonna take over for stern because Marin doesn't want to answer to sirius why should he have to right and howard still doesn't think podcasts matter Oh, really? And so they're really kind of in their own lanes. Yeah. I don't know much about what Howard's current tastes or thoughts are. Well, it's crazy because like he his studio is in his house now. Right. So obviously he can do his, his show from his house. And Stern fans are all pretty convinced, well, Howard's never going to leave that house again. Like right. now that he's he's been in morning radio for 40 odd years and now he's doing it from his house. He could have been doing it from his house already. Right. But he is a germaphobe. And now he's doing it from his house. Oh, in, in like COVID time. There is right. no re like the contract is up in December. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in the, he's probably teasing it. Like, should I sign another five years? He's in his like late sixties. Well, now. I thought, I thought he was like for sure signing at like for like 120 mil a year for the next five years or something. Five years ago he did that. Oh, okay. Um, but it would not be like Howard to say ahead of time, no, I think I'm going to resign. Mm-hmm. It's more like him to say, no, I think we've done the best we can do. I don't think, uh, I think we're probably done here. And then be like, ah, psych, we're going to do another five years. But he's in his late 60s now. He loves his kitten rescue thing with his wife. Oh, he okay. loves being in the house. Um, if he believed in podcasts, he would make just as much money doing that. It's the same thing, but he could do it on his own time. Do you think he's done the best he can do? Yes. Yeah. I think most people kind of like, even like the most hardcore Howard fans are like, yeah, he's, he's softened up and yes. like, he's not quite the same. Well, I think soft Howard is better Howard. Oh, okay. I think he was at his best like six or seven years ago, not 25 years. Right. Ago. Um, and maybe he'll come back with it, but like, it's really kind of fallen into some tired steps, having Adam Levine on again, having Natalie Maines on again, who gives a shit. Right. Yeah. I see. I see. How, how much like classic Stern is he still doing? If you listen to the whole show, it's like still the the whack pack. Like he still yeah, has yeah. and Robin's news and right. They follow the same and, beats. It's a good here's, show. Here's some arguments that happened around the. I don't know if it's as reality TV focused as it used to be. No. Uh, well, and then maybe that's maybe that's a better example. Like when Stern show as an ensemble was at its best was when Artie Lang was around and he was on heroin right. all the time. Right. Like that's sad, but it made for very compelling radio. Right. See, I I just watch little bits on Instagram of Howard's Instagram where it's like a clip from 2015 of him talking to, I don't know, to, like today there was one about him. David Crosby about like or something. George May. Uh, yeah. George. Yeah. George Mayweather. 
Anyways, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. In any case, so that's kind of like how I get familiar with. I've listened to a few full episodes of Howard, but I, I don't have anywhere near the the reverence for him. Uh, amongst my group of friends, I probably do just because I'm probably the only one who realizes his like history, his magnitude. Re- yeah, his magnitude. Yeah, but I I have not listened to even the smallest portion of what he's done. Jonah Hill's a really big Howard Stern fan. And I don't know if he's been on since mid nineties. Cause he's kind of laid low for a couple of years mm-hmm. now, but he's had like just a... broke up with his fiance. Oh, that's too bad. After like a one year engagement. He's in some new movie, some new Adam McKay movie. That's like super star studded. I forget who else is in it, but that's Jonah Hill's next thing. Um, anyway, he would always go on for his project and he's like a big Stern head. And, yeah. um, I remember him saying in another interview while talking about how much he loves Howard Stern, um, that it was very uh, disorienting to like know this figurehead and then to go in on the show and like while they're playing a song, Howard's like eating melon with a fork. Right. And he's like, that's really not like disillusioning. It's not disappointing, but it's it's kind of earth shattering to like right. s- see this like kind of legendary figure who, by the way, is faceless. Yeah. And then like, you know, America's Got Talent was kind of shattering. Yeah, of the, of it really the was. Demythologizing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't an entertaining part of his career at all. It was meant to be the next chapter in you'll never guess what I'm going to do next. It was his version of being a shock jock. Right. Guess what? I'm going to do a family show. Yeah. Um, which that's that's kind of a neat subversion of being a shock jock. Totally. But it, it's Overall a dumb idea show. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how do we get here? We were talking about Mark Maron, I guess, right? Yes. And Glow. Hey, Ridley Scott is doing a Napoleon biopic. Okay. There's never been a good Napoleon Bonaparte movie, which is kind of interesting. Well, was like an interesting guy. Wasn't there the one um, with uh, Russell Crowe? Didn't that get nominated for stuff? Did Russell Crowe play Napoleon? I think he did. And um, because that's especially weird, considering this is Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, interesting. Yeah, what was it? What was it called? Like the ends of the earth or uh, the corners of the I have no idea what pillar. you're talking about. I have no idea. Okay, we'll look at. Oh, I, I can look it up right now while while you're talking. That's so Ridley Scott directed Gladiator, and of course, Joaquin Phoenix was in Gladiator as the villain, and maybe he got nominated for best supporting actor. And obviously, Russell Crowe was the star of Gladiator. And now you're saying the other two people are doing their own <laughs> Napoleon movie. So Ru- we don't need that many Napoleon movies. Russell Crowe was in uh, the 2003 film Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World, where I think he played Napoleon. Okay, I knew about Master and Commander. I didn't know it was a Napoleon movie. Okay, uh, yeah, during the Napoleonic Wars, Captain oh. Jack Aubrey of yeah. So he's Jack Aubrey. They're gonna reboot Cribs. Okay, I I can see this. Although, are they just gonna air it on like Instagram Reels or something? That's a good question. It does kind of seem like a Snapchat show, doesn't it? Yeah, like is it is MTV going to put it on their channel? I don't know. Does MTV still exist? They must. Uh, yeah, because like the challenge is still a thing. Well, you know what? This was Emily in Paris is a MTV Productions show. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh wow! Great. Is that a good tie-in? Yeah, that's a really good tie-in for us to talk about uh, Emily in Paris, which we can do now if you want. Sure. Okay, it's your turn to recap it. Um, I don't have a... Hang on, I got a clock here for you. Okay. Um, I'm low energy tonight. I'm kind of... I'm sitting back in my chair. You're chilling. Okay. We're actually a couple of weeks to to discuss Emily in Paris. I think it kind of... 
its moment was a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when it was like really like a spectacle on the internet. Everyone's like, what the hell is this? Which I think I was busy because I missed this moment. I just had it from you saying like, I think we got to do Emily and People Paris are kind of losing on. their minds about this show being so stupid, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, you recap the pilot episode of Emily in Paris uh, in three, two, one, go. Okay, so... Emily is working for like a brand management company in the States and her partner is supposed to go to Paris and she's supposed to get a promotion, but her partner's actually pregnant. So she moves to Paris and like says goodbye to her boyfriend and we're going to be in touch, but it's all good. Um, Goes to Paris. Not many people really like her at the new firm that she's kind of like trying to work at. Uh, She doesn't fit in. She doesn't speak French. And uh, in the end, she... Just is still going with the fake it till you make it kind of thing. She has phone sex with her boyfriend. My time's up, obviously. Yeah, but imagine going as slow as you did and still having time left over at the end because you said everything you needed to say. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I don't think Kate Walsh is her partner, by the way. Isn't Kate Walsh her boss? Who's like. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what they're maybe supervisor. Yeah. And then just like all of a sudden. And by the way, like, Kate Walsh is like, I'm going to Paris. La da 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 pukes in a bucket next scene emily meets her boyfriend at the bar and she's like guess what sheila's pregnant and like it's amazing to me how not only how quickly we've she has found out she herself is pregnant that like emily gets to know right other people get to know she's like one week pregnant that she's for sure keeping the baby yeah there's no for some reason... And you're going to Paris instead. For some reason, they also had to make her boss someone who was having a ton of going away sex and like couldn't have been... Right. Uh, she was like, she. there's a lot of candidates for who the father could be. <laughs> Why did it have to be that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's like all kinds of like stuff in this show that and, just doesn't need to be and there. And the boyfriend's like, I didn't even think she was young enough to get pregnant. She's like, <laughs> neither did she. <laughs> And like, how old is she actually? Does that, she not know if she's gone through menopause? So it, it's Kate Walsh, right? It's Kate Walsh from Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice, who we haven't seen in a long time. She popped up on the Comedy Central roast a couple of times. But uh, yeah, and then of course, Emily is Lily Collins, daughter of Phil Collins, subject of the song from Tarzan, You'll Be In My Heart. Right. Yeah. Kate Walsh is 53 years old. It could happen. It's happened before. 53? Sure. Sure. That could happen. But uh, Emily, precocious and open-minded about Paris, gets there, doesn't know how they count floors and buildings, mm-hmm. um, and is not very warmly welcomed. In fact, the show is kind of xenophobic about France. <laughs> They're kind of like, isn't everybody in Paris the meanest? Uh, right. Isn't everyone arrogant and also hating americans which might be true she meets this random lady at the park and this lady's like in china they're mean behind your back in paris they're mean to your face (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know what part of that is most offensive i liked the fact that they were still leaning into her like taking selfies and stuff trying to look cool even though she clearly was not like was being so harshly judged by everyone maybe that's what's relatable about Emily, even though the show is ridiculous, it's right. like if you were to suddenly find yourself in Paris, which you didn't expect to be a week ago, you also are posting like cute pics of you in front of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Like that's pretty relatable. But what's dumb is the show doesn't seem to know what Instagram is or how it works. No. Because she's just like taking pictures, like selfies on a cobblestone path. And she's like loving Paris so far. And she gets hundreds of new followers just by being in Paris. Right. 
and her the the changing the name to em, from Emily Cooper to Emily in Paris. Right. That's and, also super annoying. Yeah, super annoying. Yeah. And what what was the phone text scene? So bizarre. I did not really Well, this was like was a happening. largely G-rated show until they're like getting into it. I was like, did I miss stuff going on? Like were there any like F bombs or anything? Because they're nope. both masturbating yep. under the sheets right now. And Except not be- really. Like <clears throat> he's like, You should get naked. And they both have their covers up to their shoulders. True. And then he jerks off and goes to sleep <laughs> or something. It still felt relatively American pie to me though. <laughs> I guess so. And then she gets her vibrator out and as soon as she plugs it in, she blows a circuit to the whole country of france i think right yeah <laughs> france has no backup power right she's also in the first scene in her new workspace in france wearing a shirt with paris on <laughs> which honestly is a cool power move i was like <laughs> yeah i actually i was trying to decide if that was awful or like kind of kind of a cool thing to do like hey i'm in paris now like if you hired somebody for the street team and they were from France. They were from like an exotic place and they were new in Halifax. And they showed up wearing like flannels, <laughs> like wearing what they think they're supposed to wear. That would be so amusing. But it would be like a like a Nova Scotian, like, like if they had a picture of like the Halifax waterfront. <laughs> like a cityscape. Peggy's Cove Lighthouse. Yeah. That would be amusing to me. I'd find that hilarious. You're right. I would. I, I would have a soft spot. But for that. they hated it. Everyone's so mean to Emily, except this guy Luke, who's like kind of the oddball on the team. Right. Who he seems weird, and then he he runs into her when she's like sitting outside at a cafe, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Listen, you need to try less hard, and don't show up early, and we'll probably like you more." And so I guess he's probably going to be her friend. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She's like, "I love work," and he's like, "I don't think you know what you love." And she's like, I think you're arrogant. And he's like, I think coming to France and not speaking French is arrogant. It is super arrogant. And that's <laughs> that's the main struggle in the show is that she can't understand what anyone's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bizarre place to start a show. It is. And I don't know how they're going to get around that going forward. Is everyone just going to start speaking English to Emily? Yeah, it could they be. They shouldn't have to do that. They shouldn't. That's That's <laughs> the arrogant part. Um, Luke likes her ideas. Luke tells her, we're, we're all afraid of you because your ideas are so good. And we have not seen Emily have any good ideas up to this point. In no. fact, she doesn't seem to really know what social media is either. It's weird that she has this like baller job. Right. In media influence. She starts out and she's got 77 followers the first time she takes a selfie. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It is. It was amusing though. I get it. I would watch another one. It wasn't awful you could sit through an episode and be like well define awful because i think it kind of was awful no no no, it was watchable it it was it was definitely awful but as far as like watchability goes you can somehow like like sit through it i think that's what people have been doing yeah what kind of a company is it it's a it's just a marketing company yeah generically yeah i think i thought it was like a fashion company but maybe that was just the cliche of it all no i think it seemed like a super bargain bin devil wears Prada. I think he works in like they're a high fashion luxury brand. Okay. And he's like, yeah, but you haven't done anything with high fashion luxury. And she's like, no, but I've got some ideas. This is my favorite line. It happens in the opening scene of the show. Okay. And Kate Walsh is like, can you try on this perfume? And Emily's like, it's like I'm wearing poetry. And she says, I love that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good <laughs> Yeah. Show. 
<laughs> I'm so here for the show. Yeah. I can't wait for the new Aaron Sorkin movie on Friday. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it was not very good. Created by this guy, Darren Starr, who wrote every episode of uh, Sex Sex in the City, by the way. He's like, oh. he he's like, the quality doesn't match for some reason. He's got like a long history of writing these like chatty female centric shows. Mm-hmm. Some of them good. Some of them not so good. Uh, also worked a lot on Beverly Hills 90210. Um, I don't know why you put together a show like this. Why is this your passion project if you have like a lot of power in Hollywood? I truly don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> money i i would say is probably the answer people are starving for content right now and maybe maybe they picked it up late like it it wasn't even supposed to run well like you said it's an mtv production like yeah. maybe it got moved to netflix they couldn't get cribs together fast enough <laughs> cribs by the way with caitlin jenner uh jojo siwa is that how you pronounce that yeah and Kevin McHale, the wheelchair kid from Glee. Like, it's not exactly a star lineup for the new season of Cribs. No. And there were some, like, like what what is the most memorable episode of Cribs you remember watching? Uh, I seem to remember a Tony Hawk episode was really cool. Okay. I believe that. Gee. Because um, he has, like, a full skate ramp in the backyard. Yeah, that's all that really jumps out at me. Maybe, like, Tommy Lee. I weirdly remember the Ying Yang twins living in, like, a weird little shack in Georgia, and everyone <laughs> just, like, smoking, like, and, like, playing cards and stuff, and there's, like, carpet floors. Like, it was not a style and place at all, and me yeah. thinking, like, this is so strange. Like, I really thought they were going to have a mansion, but they have this. Not so much. Yeah, and there's a lot of places, like, I think, like, someone got sued because they were, oh, I think it was, like, Ja Rule was actually, like... <laughs> renting a i know no stranger to being uh litigated <laughs> against for, for for fraudulent activity that's right uh he he posed i think he was like like in someone's house without their knowledge and he said what? it was his house yeah he was squatting jaw rule was squatting in someone else's nice house I, I think squatting is too much of a reductive term but he was definitely uh, uh hanging out without their knowledge so I, I feel or like, maybe filming without their knowledge. I feel like because Cribs was like right in the heart of trashy reality TV, if not mm-hmm. like a little bit before it. Yeah. And, and this was definitely during like a pop cultural era where people wouldn't have been above um, completely lying. Like, do you think any of the Cribs were not real? Like, yeah, you, definitely. You, yeah. Like it was just like a completely staged, totally. made up, ridiculous rented house filled with a bunch of bullshit. Not all of them, but definitely some of them. I, I remember seeing like Moby's house Moby. and it was just like, all right, Moby, let's see your apartment. And like, he's just kind of like, I don't know. Like I don't have a, a mirror in here and it's not like for any purpose. I just like haven't put a mirror up yet. I would love <laughs> to watch like them now and, like, and try and decide whether or not these people really know where they are. If like, if they actually feel like they're in their houses at all. You Cause can... that's the other thing I don't, I, I don't recall is if they ever seemed like cozy homes, they felt very cavernous and ice cold. They're, yeah, they're always like super um, like palatial, but not in a comfortable way. Yeah. Like a lot of like marble, like, like Drake's house. Did you see any of the videos of like Drake's house? I have seen pictures of Drake's house. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a place you want to hang out. So like a better version of this now, like a classier version is to go on the Architecture Digest um, YouTube channel. Okay. And they'll do like tours of some of the most unbelievable homes you could imagine. And every now and then it's a famous person's home. Okay. So like Aaron Paul's house, for example, is super cool. Nice. Um, Robert Downey Jr. lives in an actual windmill. Really? And it's 
super cool. And you watch these and you're like, yes, I believe these are your houses. Right. And they're super cool and super rich, but I believe these are real. Uh, the house architecture YouTube channels another place to see that and honestly another place where you can see celebrities homes this is a little schmaltzy but uh, Vogue's 73 questions have you ever watched those no so they just have this like guy this disembodied male voice who shows up at the doorstep of a super famous person usually like a young female celebrity like you're a Taylor Swift or a Cara Delevingne or something. Right. And he asks them 73 questions while they right. while they tour their house. Yeah. And it's fun. Right. Yeah. I saw one with that Joe Mandy, one of the writers of like The Good Place and stuff. Yep. He edited and it was Donatella Versace. And she starts out by answering questions and then he edits it. So her answer to every question is the same thing. <laughs> and I forget what the answer is, but it's like... She's like, potatoes, potatoes, (laughs) like it's something like that. Oh, my God. So good. Well, yeah, if you want to see some celebrity houses, I would stay. I might check out the 73 questions. Yeah, you should. Don't watch uh, Caitlyn Jenner on the reboot of Cribs. No. But maybe watch Emily in Paris. I don't know. If you want to turn your brain off, you're not going to be offended by it. It's just not good. Yeah, don't. I'm going to say don't watch it. I'm not going to recommend it to anyone. Sure. But uh, yeah, I don't I can't in good conscience give it my ass. No, but I also don't want to discourage you from watching it. I'm not also not going to like judge you or guilt you for watching it because I kind of get it. Right. I mean, but who can we name any shows that we would judge or guilt someone for? Um, This is this is a, a bit of a pedestrian answer, but I really can't understand keeping up with the Kardashians being high entertainment. Really? No. No, I can't. That shocks me. Just ugly. It's just ugly. And it's it's an exploitation of once young people. Like, it just feels like Kris Jenner, like, sexually exploiting her children for a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It feels ugly to me. Well, yes, I, I that sure is ugly. And I'm okay with trashy stuff as long as everybody's in on the joke. And I just feel like somebody probably got taken advantage of in the Kardashian empire. You feel like Kim Kardashian got taken advantage of? A little of? bit, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying she's, like, totally innocent. Um, but, uh, oh, there's definitely shows where I would like, if I found out people were watching it, I'd be like, ugh, I'm sketched out by you. Yeah. But I like a lot of shows that are not Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the sheer volume of people that watch the Kardashians is, I mean, that's why I think too. it's a pedestrian thing to right. say. And it, yeah, also, yeah. it also just kind of sounds like I'm being, um, uh, a little bit contrary. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not saying like, well, that thing's popular. And so I think that's the downfall no, no. of civilization. I don't think that. I just think like probably it's bad for you. It's going to hurt your brain. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely not challenging you in any way. But again, you don't have to be challenged. You're not going to be challenged by, by Emily in Paris. <laughs> no, that's true. But it's not going to hurt you either. It's not. And also, I kind of think Emily in Paris knows it's preposterous. I don't think it's completely self-unaware. Are we coming to a conclusion here? Because it seems like you're like it's turning over in your head as you're talking about it a little bit more and you're like you know what maybe i am no i'm not changing my mind about it it's bad yes but i also get it yeah you know yeah obviously she's gonna break up with her boyfriend right yes i kind of thought that was gonna happen right away i kind of thought he was not going to be supportive of her going to paris yeah i thought he was just gonna go duh no way (laughs) but that would be very devil wears prada if she like has a boyfriend who doesn't support her Totally. Yeah. And then she just goes to Paris and hooks up with the doorman or whatever. 
Oh, it could be the doorman. He was kind of nice. And then there was another guy in the cafe. I, th- I think it's I think it's the guy that she just like knocks on the random door of. Oh, right, that handsome. That's guy. That's the yeah. guy who's obviously going to be the. You're right. The doorman was kind of sleazy. The the bellhop guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, not a very good show, but I'll probably watch another episode and then another one and then another one. <laughs> um. So Kevin Hart is making planes, trains, and automobiles with Will Smith. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Okay. You you must have brought this. We up did before. talk about that. Yeah. And of course, the reaction is why. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked why he said it's because of their magical chemistry he says it is totally worth it it was a no brainer to make this movie with Will Smith because he and I have magical chemistry a no brainer could have made anything out of the sun had to be John Hughes classic it's true have you seen planes trains and automobiles I think so I don't think I have I think I've seen it yeah. I got to watch I it. I don't feel close to it, though. Maybe we should start by watching Ugh. this one. Yeah. We keep saying we're going to watch movies for the show show. We haven't done that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What was the last movie we said we were going to watch? 12 Angry Men. <laughs> was it actually? <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, and uh, My Dinner with Andre. We talked about yes. that one, too. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we're going to watch those. Let's do it. But this reboot i, I would like know. to see kevin hart and will smith do my dinner with andre that, <laughs> that now we're fucking talking yeah man. that's honestly something worth seeing and do it at the red table sure even just do a red table read <laughs> just a red table read. <laughs> a red table live read on the zoom yeah i love it it's got to be big enough for six foot distance why not and just read the script of my dinner with andre <laughs> and see if it tracks i'm so in on that Maybe you and I should get the My Dinner with Andre script and just record ourselves just reading it for a podcast one week. Do a full episode and we'll call it My Dinner with Andre. I wonder if like, we'll get sued for that. And, and let, then we'll just do the audio play of it. I wonder if we're allowed to do that. I'm going to look into it because that seems like a fun idea. What a hilarious thing. Especially if it's the first time we're reading it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it should be. Just like completely cold. <laughs> All right, well, if we can't get through it, surely Will Smith can make some phone calls and make that happen. It's true. Unless, of course, you can't trust him. Which you can't. Nope, never trust Will Smith. NTWS. That's fast. Thanks, man. Are you like Rain Man or something? (laughs) Yes, I'm Rain Man with letters. (laughs) 